This is the Poetry Foundation's Essential American Poets podcast. Essential American Poets is an online audio poetry collection. The poets in the collection were selected in 2006 by Donald Hall when he was Poet Laureate. Recordings of the poets he selected are available online at poetryfoundation.org and poetryarchive.org. In this edition of the podcast, we'll hear poems by Jane Kenyon. Jane Kenyon was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan in 1947. She grew up in the Midwest and earned her bachelor's and master's degrees from the University of Michigan. There, she studied with her future husband, the poet Donald Hall. Soon after they were married, Kenyon moved with Hall to Eagle Pond, his family's farm in New Hampshire, where they lived a quiet life of writing and farming until her untimely death from leukemia. Hall wrote of their life together in his memoir, The Best Day, The Worst Day, Life with Jane Kenyon, and elegized her in his books of poetry, Without, and The Painted Bed. Kenyon wrote poems about New England's domestic and rural life. Pastoral imagery and the cycle of the seasons were constant themes, as were her depression and fight with leukemia. Critic Gary Roberts compared her response to illness to that of Keats, noting that, like Keats, she attempts to redeem morbidity with a peculiar kind of gusto, one which seeks a quiet annihilation of self-identity through identification with benign things. Kenyon published four books of poetry in her lifetime, From Room to Room, The Little Boat, Let Evening Come, and Constance. Her poems, prose, and interviews have also been collected posthumously. At the time of her death, in 1995, Kenyon was serving as New Hampshire's Poet Laureate. The poems you are about to hear were recorded at the Library of Congress in 1988. I uh, was born in Ann Arbor, but I, my, my parents' house was in the country, and I, lived, I went to a one-room schoolhouse uh, for the first uh, uh, five years of my schooling. And um, it was uh, an equivocal uh, time for me. I'll read you one called Trouble with Math in a One-Room Country School. The others bent their heads and started in. Confused, I asked my neighbor to explain, a sturdy, bright-cheeked girl who brought raw milk to school from her family's herd of Holsteins. Anne had a blue bookmark, and on it, Christ revealed his beating heart, holding the flesh back with his wounded hand. Anne understood division. <laughs> it's a joke. Miss Moran sprang from her monumental desk and led me roughly from the class without a word. My shame was radical as she propelled me past the cloakroom to the furnace closet where only the boys were put, only the older ones at that. The door swung briskly shut. The warmth, the gloom, the smell of sweeping compound clinging to the broom soothed me. I found a bucket, turned it upside down, and sat, hugging my knees. I hummed a theme from Haydn that I knew from my piano lessons and hardened my heart against authority. And then I heard her steps, her fingers on the latch. She led me, blinking and changed, back to the class. The Clearing. 
The dog and I pushed through the ring of dripping junipers to enter the open space high on the hill where I let him off the leash. He vaults, snuffling between tufts of moss. Twigs snap beneath his weight. He rolls and rubs his jowls on the aromatic earth. His pink tongue lulls. I look for sticks of proper heft to throw for him while he sits prim and earnest in his love, if it is love. All night a soaking rain, and now the hill exhales relief and the fragrance of warm earth. The sedges have grown an inch since yesterday, and ferns unfurled, and even if they try, the lilacs by the barn can't keep from opening today. I longed for spring's thousand tender greens and the white-throated sparrow's call that borders on rudeness. Do you know that since you went away, all I can do is wait for you to come back to me? One that comes out of the experience of um, collecting money for the Heart Fund. Uh, And in the last line, it to me is kind of a joke that that I include something in this poem that um, may not have found its way into many other poems. I think I, I think that poems need to be true to the thinginess of the world and that things in all their particularity belong in art. And so you'll see what I mean when I get to the last line, I hope. This one called No Steps. The young bull dropped his head and stared. Only a wispy wire, electrified, kept us apart. That and two long rows of asparagus. An ancient apple tree blossomed prodigally pink and white. The muddy path sucked at my shoe, but I reached the granite step and knocked at the rickety porch door. Deep in the house, a dog began to bark. I had prepared my heart fund speech, and the first word, when, was on my tongue. I heard no steps, only the breeze riffling the tender poplar leaves and a random meditative moo behind me. Relieved, I turned back to the car, passing once more under the bull's judicial eye. Everything was intact. The canister still far too light and mute, and metal boutonnieres where they began in a Ziploc plastic sandwich bag. I'm a flower gardener, and um, the heavy rains in summer that that we invariably get when when everything glorious is out, the peonies and the irises, um, I I hate to see those rains come. it's, you, wait, you wait for 11 months for these flowers to, to come out, 11 and a half months, and, uh, and they get smashed. Heavy summer rain. The grasses in the field have toppled, and in places it seems that a large, now absent animal must have passed the night. The hay will right itself if the day turns dry. I miss you steadily, painfully. None of your blustering entrances or exits, doors swinging wildly on their hinges, 
or your huge unconscious sighs when you read something sad, like Henry Adams's letters from Japan where he traveled after Clover died. Everything blooming bows down in the rain, white irises, red peonies, and the poppies with their black and secret centers lie shattered on the lawn. The Blue Bowl. Like primitives, we buried the cat with his bowl. Barehanded, we scraped sand and gravel back into the hole. It fell with a hiss and thud on his side, on his long red fur, the white feathers that grew between his toes and his long, not to say aquiline, nose. We stood and brushed each other off. There are sorrows much keener than these. Silent the rest of the day, we worked, ate, stared, and slept. It stormed all night. Now it clears, and a robin burbles from a dripping bush like the neighbor who means well but always says the wrong thing. That was Jane Kenyon, recorded at the Library of Congress in 1988 and used by permission of Gray Wolf Press. You have been listening to the Essential American Poets podcast, produced by the Poetry Foundation in collaboration with PoetryArchive.org. To learn more about Jane Kenyon and other Essential American Poets, and to hear more poetry, go to PoetryFoundation.org.